longer section or a bigger bit. Uh, we've obviously had bigger bits in the, in the letter of Colossians so far, haven't we? We're about, you know, chapter one was a big section, wasn't it? All the way down to the, uh, to the, the start of chapter two, verse five, which is what we looked at last, uh, last time with Sam. Um, and we're going to start off with these words. Just as you have received Christ Jesus. Now, what we've been hearing so far in this letter is Paul describe what Jesus has been doing in all of creation in their lives, in the lives of the Christians he's writing to, using suffering servants like Paul to bring the gospel to reconcile sinners. That's what Paul's been talking about in his letter so far, in chapter one. It's, it's, he's been excited to talk about that. He said some amazing things that God has done. Um, to bring them to salvation reconciling them do you remember that reconciling them to God um, through Jesus' death on the cross and we've reached the halfway point in his letter and from here on in we're actually about to enter a sort of slightly more instruction section of the letter so you'll hear a lot more kind of instructions from this point onwards And I guess our temptation will be to forget or to leave behind what Paul has said in the first chapter. We do that, don't we? We sort of, I realise in in sort of English culture, I don't know if it's different from different cultures, but we tend to sort of leave our our most important, you know, sincere point to the end of our argument. And so we assume, don't we, that the end of Paul's letter is going to be his most important thing he's going to say. I don't think that was the same in their culture. Actually, I think they probably said, I'm going to tell you the most important thing and I'm going to hang everything else off that. So let's not do the opposite of what Paul's encouraging us to do in this verse, which is just as you receive Jesus Christ. The just as is everything he's been saying in chapter one. Let's not do the opposite of what Paul's encouraging us to do here, which is to to hang everything that he's about to say the instructions he's about to give to them off of the wonderful truth, the wonderful reality of what Jesus has done for them in the, the chapters that we've just been reading. And the reconciliation that God has brought about through his son Jesus. Jesus being the head of the church, the first one over all creation. Um, he was celebrating all of that. And now he's saying, just as. Therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus, so he's saying, what I have just been telling you, how it was that you received Christ Jesus, live in light of that. Don't forget it. Don't don't think we're moving on from, from chapter one. But this is how you live out of, or live in the light of what Jesus has done for you. That's what I'm going to be talking about. So I've got to say, if you're, if you're here and you're not a Christian... This doesn't actually really apply to you. Now, you're going to hear some things about what it means for Christians. uh, But it doesn't apply to you because you have not received Jesus Christ. You have not received him. And it would be great for you to think through what it would look like for you to receive Jesus Christ. And, And to look maybe back in the first chapter and see how God has brought about a reconciliation for you. So that you could be one who would call Jesus your Lord Um, but this it does apply to those who have received Christ Jesus everything that Paul is saying applies to them 
applies to Christians. And Paul's question is, what does it mean to continue in the Christian life? What does it, what does it look like to continue in the Christian life? He's talked about the start of the Christian life, but what, is it actually, what does it actually mean for, you, for any of us to live as Christians? And what does it look like? That is an amazingly practical question, isn't it? You know, I'm sure we're all dying to sort of know more about what it means to live as Christians, because sometimes we just don't really understand what it is to live as Christians and how we are to continue as Christians. So, what does it mean to live the Christian life? Well, firstly, from the just as, it's the exact opposite of what you see, for example, in uh, sports champions, young aspiring sports champions. What happens with them? Well, what happens is the coach that got them to the, the big tournament and got them to win the tournament, days after the tournament's victory, they've dropped them, haven't they? In order to progress... So they think, in their career as a tennis player, they, they're going to ditch the one who, well, they don't really need, they don't think they need the one who got them there. So actually, what Paul's saying, just as you receive Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So it's the exact opposite of that. It's the exact opposite of this. The Christian life is the way into the Christian life, the one who could bring you into the Christian life, Jesus is the one you will need to continue on in the Christian life. You need him. And he is all you need. You, uh, let, uh, the Christian life is altogether different. The way on is precisely the way in with Jesus. Their life with Jesus flows out the wonderful reality of who he is and what he has done for them. One writer put it like this. He said... The Christian life is to be lived, not on some other basis, nor with some new discovery, nor on some other level from the beginning. But as you received the Christ, the Jesus the Lord, exactly as you received him, with Jesus. So as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. That word walk actually means continue to live. So it's, you know, if you're thinking, okay, it only means going on a hike or whatever, doesn't mean that. It means continue to live in Jesus. Um, next bit. There is a bit more specific to the receiving of Jesus Christ, though, isn't there, in this verse? There's one, there's one more word or two more words in that verse. Look down with me at verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, what does it say? The Lord. Okay. Now that is actually really important <laughs> because we pass over it. Think Christ Jesus the Lord, right? We just sort of think it all goes together. Paul's just using lots of names for Jesus, and 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 it's not important that he says Christ Jesus the Lord, but it is, isn't it? Um, we often say, don't we, at conversion, that we talk about people uh, receiving Jesus into their hearts. And that's a quite a vague notion, isn't it? It's quite vague. It's sort of, what's that actually look like? Receiving Jesus into your heart. Obviously, it's not wrong to use that kind of language from time to time. But Paul isn't vague about receiving Jesus here. 
What did they, who did they receive? They re- received Christ Jesus, the one the scriptures talk about, that Jesus. And they received him as the Lord. So what they received, who they received and how they received him was as Lord. The one who is absolutely the one they need. The one they absolutely needed to depend on for salvation. But the one who is in absolute control of their lives. And that's what it means. So it's not just a vague notion. It's not just receiving Jesus into their hearts. And the vagueness of that, it's really specific to receive Jesus Christ, the Lord. And that's important because if we're going to know how to, what the walking in him is going to look like, we need to know what the receiving him looked like. So Paul is really clear, just as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. They willingly and joyfully submitting to Jesus, his rightful and good rule over their lives. That's what it meant to believe. That's what it looked like in their lives. Before Jesus was nobody to them, didn't really matter, not important. Afterwards, everything changes. Jesus is the, he is my Lord. He is the one who has bought my salvation. He is the one who loves me and has shown his love to me. And who I therefore willingly, joyfully submit to. It's not like I have to. Because, he, because I want to. I willingly submit to him. And that's the way on in the Christian life, isn't it? That's what it means to continue to live in Jesus. Is to continue to live with him as your Lord. That's immensely practical, isn't it? As we're going to see. You know, what does it mean to live with Jesus as your Lord? Well, um, it means... To live with him as the one who is most important and who actually that you listen to and you obey within your life. So when it's, how, how do I spend my time or who do I go and I spend time with? It's all of those things. Jesus is Lord. Um, Paul's prayer, if you look back with me at 1 verse 10, what was Paul's prayer? It was that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That they would walk, is that what it says? That you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, in 1 verse 10. So there is action, there is change of behaviour, there is... He's talking about conduct and behaviour here, isn't he? He's not. He's not saying that the believing is sort of this abstract, separate thing. The believing plays out in what we do, what we choose not to do, what we say, what we choose not to say. Paul's talking about conduct, isn't he? Behaviour. And he's saying that it will, because we have received Jesus Christ the Lord... That will be what it looks like to walk in him. To have him as our Lord going forward. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not confusing, is it? That's, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's what the Christian life looks like. And uh, We're going to get to this, but Paul is not saying here that we do this in our own strength. And that's another aspect, isn't it, about the just as you received Christ Jesus. Because 
How they received Jesus was their utter dependence on him to do everything for them. How we, as we sang about, have nothing of ourselves to, to bring. We're utterly dependent on him for salvation. We contribute nothing other than our sin. So to depend on him on every, in every way is also the way in which we're going to live and continue to live. You see, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in him, so live in him. Um, you, as you look down in verse uh, 6, at the end of verse 6, uh, continue to live in him. Uh, in verse 7, rooted and built up in him. Verse 10, um, and you have been filled in him. Uh, verse 11, in him you were circumcised with a circumcision, not made without, uh, made without hands. Uh, verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism uh, and being raised with him, who raised uh, through the working of God, who raised Jesus from the dead. Unity with Jesus, having been united with Christ, is what Paul is really labouring here. He's saying the power, the, the way in which this change, wonderful change, is going to continue to come about in your life is not going to come from you. It's going to come from Jesus. And he will do this because of your being united with him. There will be growth. There will be change. You see that? It's not, his point is that Jesus, and they have been brought, they've been united with Jesus. And so that's how, uh, sorry, I am picked it on. But that's so important to see, isn't it? Everything flows out of their being united with Jesus. And what that means is that there will always be growth in the life of the Christian. To believe and to, to receive Jesus Christ the Lord there will always be growth. It's not the end of itself. It's not saying, I, and we're going to see this, it's not just saying, yes, I have received Jesus Christ as Lord. There will always be growth. There will always be change. Um, so let's look at verse 7. And we'll see that from the second half of this sentence in verse 7. I'll read verse 6 as well. Therefore, as you received Jesus Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Those words, uh, rooted, built up, established, it's a progression, isn't it? Start off with the roots, the foundations, if you like, of the house or the building, and it goes upwards. There's growth. Paul does mixes, you know, in the metaphor because essentially the tree, they would have talked about rooting in terms of foundations as well. But the being built up and the being established, they're the three words he uses, right? That's the growth. They're all growth words, aren't they? The life of the Christian is going to look like growth. Yes, rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith as you were taught, but it's going to look like moving on, progress, growth in Jesus. A Christian who has received Christ Jesus as Lord will always grow. 
because he has done that. Because he is doing that in their lives. Because of their being united with Christ. In him, they will be rooted, they're going to be built up, and they're going to be established in the faith that they first heard. So it is, it's, it is really important to see that, isn't it? Because it's not, it's, as we said before, it's, it's not just about, like, it is about them having received Jesus Christ as the Lord. But what that looks like in the Christian life is continuing to walk with him and being built up in him and learning more of him and growing in our knowledge and our love of him. Yeah? So it's, it's growth. Growth in the Christian life. So, we are going to get to the implications. Paul's going to talk to us uh, in, verse, in chapter 3, for example, on some of these things in terms of what it will look like uh, to live with Jesus as our Lord. But we can see, can't we, that it's, it's, it's absolutely because of Jesus. Him revealing himself to us us having received him as our Lord and, and being able to walk in him. And therefore there will be growth in the Christian life. And if you're someone looking in and wondering what a Christian is, it's a helpful place to see that it is, Christianity at its core is not just a, a philosophy or like an ethic. You can, you can get that from anywhere else. It's not even just a way of life. Not jumping over the core of Christianity to get to the way of life. At, at its core, Christianity is a person. It's a relationship. The person of Jesus. And I wonder if you've ever really looked into him or understood him. And so I'd, I'd love to encourage you that um, in your understanding of what the bible says and in your exploration of what it says look for jesus find out about him because if you think that it's just a philosophy or an ethic or even just something that is a way of life you've missed it entirely christianity is about jesus look at him find out about him and that's where everything changes that's where Everything in your life will change from that moment when you find out who he really is. Um, if you call yourself a Christian because you go to church, it's just worth seeing, isn't it, that it's impossible to be a Christian and not to grow. Those who have been rooted in Jesus will be built up in him such that they become established in what they were taught. And I, I just wonder... It may be that you can't see evidence of growth or of much thankfulness even in your life. Maybe there's not really any growth. Maybe what you knew of Jesus or understood of him or were, were actually bothered about knowing about him has just not moved on. It stayed the same. Or perhaps it's even declining. And that would be God's kindness to show you that though you know, may know stuff about Jesus that you have not yet received him as your Lord. Nothing really has changed. And they would be God's kindness because then you can, you can call out to him and ask him to do that for you. To say that I want to respond to you. Actually, you, 
who you are is so much more personal and, and important for me rather than just being a general truth. Um, and ask him to change your hearts so that you might receive him as your Lord. For the Christian, um, as I said, we've, in these verses, this speaks of the Christian life, doesn't it? Which flows out of being, having received Jesus and continuing, him continuing to, to help us to live with him as our Lord. So it's all wrapped up in him. And that will look, what that will look like is a life where Jesus is Lord. In what we decide to do with our time, in what we decide to watch, in what we want to find, spend our time learning about, interesting in, all of those kind of things. How we parent, how we relate to our colleagues at work. What will be increasingly able to see is that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is your Lord, Jesus is my Lord. And that doesn't leave much room for pride, actually, (laughs) when we see that, if we do start to see that in our lives. Because if you look down with me at how the verse ends, it ends in verse 7, abounding in thanksgiving. Why does it end there? Why do you think it ends there? Is it just that he's sort of tacking on Thanksgiving as being, oh, this is another thing you've got to do? No. (laughs) Thanksgiving, if we've got this right, if we've understood it and we see growth, it's not a pat on the back, well done, Rob. It's a thank you. God, you're you're working in me. You're changing me. And so it's, it's not pride. It's not spiritual pride saying, well done, me. God has done this. And so there will be thankfulness. But interestingly, I don't think it's specific in its saying thanksgiving to God, is it? It says abounding in thanksgiving or overflowing with thankfulness. Which doesn't actually specify thankfulness to God. It is thankfulness to God. But for all thankfulness about what God has done, it could be thankfulness to God about others. So, can I ask the question, where will we see this growth in thankfulness? Will we see that as evidence of what God is growing in our lives, that God is changing us? That thankfulness for others, where usually there would be a tendency to grumble or criticise others. Actually, a genuine thankfulness about God's work in other believers thank you God that I can see that you're working in their lives, that they're growing. It's wonderful to see. Thank you for them. And therefore, actually, that's not jealousy or competition, is it? Completely changes the whole atmosphere of our lives. So um, we've been looking at this and we've been thinking, what is the Christian life? What does it look like? Well, it means to continue on in exactly with the one who brought us in. The way on in the Christian life is with the one who brought us into the Christian life, with Jesus. And actually that will look like growth and change. With him as our Lord, people will be able to see that Jesus is Lord in every area of our lives. And as we see that growth, we'll be thankful 
and give the praise and the thanks to him for what he's doing. And as we see that in others as well, we'll be really thankful and praise him for that as well. And so as we start to think um, further on in this letter about implications of what it means to live with Jesus as Lord, the changes that we can expect to see, um, let's remember that it flows out of having received Jesus and what that means in terms of now that we can live for him um, because he is the one who is working in our lives. Now let's pray. Father God, we know that um, we always want to make the Christian life about what we do and in our own strength. And we've tried, haven't we, in so many ways to, to live with you as our Lord and to, do, uh, to fight sin and all of those things in our own strength. And yet, every time we come come up short and Lord Jesus thank you that you are the endless resources we need um, to walk with you to live with you as our Lord would we be those who would be humbly grateful to you to all the for all that you're doing and able to do in our lives and would we continue on in the grace that you have shown us would we would that be something that changes us and that our lives would be different this week noticeably different because you are the one who we have received as our Lord and who we walk in we pray that you would really help us this week um, to see what that may look like and um, how we can uh, respond in ways that um, shows that you are our Lord and when we feel weak would we come to you would we cry out to you to do this in our lives and we pray that that would produce thankfulness to you as well, that um, there wouldn't be this thing of thinking ourselves better than others or looking down on others or being jealous and competitive and critical. We pray that you would grow us and make us those who would give all the thanks to you. Amen. Amen.